Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. The highest profile races in Tuesday's midterm elections were races for the U.S. Senate and congressional seats in Indiana and for governor and a referendum on abortion in Michigan. In Indiana, GOP Senator Todd Young easily won a second term, while Republicans Jim Banks in the 3rd District and Rudy Yacom in the 2nd District handily won their races. In Michigan, there was something of a Democratic wave. As Governor Gretchen Whitmer won a second term, Democrats won control of both legislative houses and a Democrat-backed amendment enshrining abortion rights in the Michigan Constitution passed. There was a delay in St. Joseph County getting vote totals tabulated and released. County Election Board Chair Chuck Leone says that while polls did close to arriving voters at 6 p.m., there were significant numbers of people in line and they had to be allowed to vote. Leone says they did not want to release any results until after everyone in line had finished voting. Early and mail-in votes were being counted during the day, but no results were released until all voting was finished. And workers finished counting early and absentee votes before starting the count of in-person Election Day votes. St. Joseph County reports that 36.9 percent of eligible voters cast ballots in the election, a higher-than-usual turnout for a non-presidential year. Tuesday's election left Republicans in control of both the St. Joseph County Council and Commission. All three commissioners will be Republican, and the GOP has a 5-4 to four majority on the council. That Republican majority is thin, one council race divided by just 35 votes. Most of the races were tight, like the one for District H between Democrat Brian Tanner and Republican Mark Volker. Tanner won by 77 votes. Perhaps the closest county council race was Republican Amy Drake's win, secured by 35 votes. She ran against Democrat incumbent Corey Nolan for District B, which covers Clay Township. Nolan has not commented on requesting a recount, but chair of the St. Joseph County Democrats, Diana Hess, is encouraging him to. You can never rule that out. It's always a possibility that it will be up to the candidate uh, if uh, he would choose to do that. Yeah, but it was very tight, yeah. 35. That was the, our closest race. Hess won her race in District E against Republican Jason Kring. Even though she won, she's worried how the council will agree on taxpayer dollars, like last October when $3 million was on the line for the health department. The commissioners uh, vetoed it, but because we were able to override that veto, we were able to get that money into the community so that the health department could continue to do its good work. Drake has been vocal about her disapproval of mask mandates and other COVID-19 protocol. District B, where Drake was running, was one of the areas affected by last year's Board of Commissioners redistricting. The current president of the county council says it was a big shakeup. To be honest, uh, in a bit of shock um, because it was um, pretty overwhelming. Uh, not only the council, but um, the commissioners. Uh, retaining the 3-0 as far as Republican versus Democrat, and now the county clerk's office. 
Morton says January is the earliest the council could choose a new president and vice president during a reorganization meeting. I contacted Drake multiple times but have not received a reply. Morton says he expects the positions to be GOP filled. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Voters spoke in midterm elections, including decisions on who they want in charge of their school districts. This comes as nonpartisan seats have become more political. Voters in nearly every community in our area had to make choices about their school board. And in some areas, those races were under a spotlight. The Penn-Harris-Madison School Board has been decided. The Indiana Constitution requires a free and equal public education to everybody. And those words mean a lot to me. That's why I have repeatedly said that it is our obligation to perform a warm, healthy, safe, and inclusive learning environment for everyone. Incumbent Chris Riley held on to his seat. Voters overwhelmingly voted for Riley and against challenger Brian Jones, who believes critical race theory is being taught in PHM schools and had been endorsed by Purple for Parents, a group that believes schools are under communist control and are indoctrinating children. Is CRT being taught in PHM schools? It's absolutely not being taught in PHM schools. One candidate running alongside Jones did win. Matt Chafee unseated incumbent James Turnwald. Chafee was running a similar campaign to Jones, although had not been endorsed by Purple for Parents. The battle over divisive political issues didn't just play out at PHM. A Purple for Parent endorsed candidate has won in several school districts in Indiana, including in Goshen. Even races that didn't get political, issues of bullying, book bans, and critical race theory are sure to be topics the new school boards will have to tackle. In South Bend, the issues were about more traditional school board topics like student achievement, declining enrollment, and how to spend referendum money. Why do you want to keep doing this? Well, I think, given what you said, I think every school board member, whether people believe it or not, uh, has children in mind. They want the best for children. In the Clay District in South Bend, incumbent Stuart Green has won re-election. His race was shaped by the future of school buildings, particularly Clay High School. There was community backlash a few months ago when the district explored closing the school. Clay is going to stay open. We want Clay to stay. So I, I really want to say that closing a high school uh, this year or in the coming years uh, is really not on the table. <laughs> Even as all votes are in, the future of our area schools are now in the hands of the new boards, and only time will tell what those results will mean for students. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. There are concerns this week about a possible shortage of a popular antibiotic heading into cold and flu season. Amoxicillin is usually used to treat bacterial infections. And it can be used in a hospital setting or for prescribed use at home, but Corwell Health Pharmacy claims it's prepared for the shortage no matter how bad it gets. Shortages in medications can be caused by many factors, supply chain, production, or shipping issues. But Stephanie Field, Corwell Health's Pharmacy Services Director, says the amoxicillin shortage appears to be driven by an increase in use. This as a surge in RSV came earlier than normal. RSV does not necessarily mean that you'll be on amoxicillin, but there are a lot of secondary infections like ear infections and things like that 
that um, kiddos will come down with that amoxicillin is really the first line. Field says they're not having any trouble getting the medication in tablet form, but they're watching closely and have backup plans in case the market gets tighter. But getting a hold of the liquid amoxicillin is more difficult. Usually our first plan B in a medication shortage is to look at different strengths or um, presentations like oral versus solid. Um, in the pharmacy, we can make a solution for pediatric patients out of solid forms like caps or tabs. Because amoxicillin is a generic drug, Field says manufacturers are easily able to pivot if there's an increased need. One manufacturer, U.S. Antibiotics, saying early Monday it's ready to assist the federal government if asked for help. Quote, Parents should never be forced to visit multiple pharmacies to find the medicine needed to cure their children's infections, nor should hospitals have to choose which patients get full doses of prescribed antibiotics, particularly when there's a trusted solution here at home. Now, Field encourages any parents or families with any questions about this to reach out to your local pharmacy because they can make any of the pill forms of this drug into a liquid form. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Since the start of the pandemic, the city of South Bend has paused water shutoffs and waived late fees, but that's all changing in December. Disconnection notices are being mailed out and putting thousands of households at risk of having their water cut off. At the end of last month, roughly 3,400 customers were past due, but that doesn't mean they'll lose their water, because when the public health order was lifted, the city worked to form partnerships to get assistant plans in place. Disconnection notices are being mailed out, putting thousands of households at risk of having their water cut off. The city of South Bend's water moratorium began in March 2020 due to the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. Municipal Utilities is now encouraging its impacted customers to set up a payment plan if they can't bring their balance up to date. There are other options for help as well, including assistance programs through Real Services, the Croc Center, St. Vincent de Paul Society, and Catholic Charities Fort Wayne. Real says they started helping families with their water bills last year. Last year, families had to have a past due amount that they owed on their water bill, where this year we are able to provide um, a benefit to households that have a water bill that they're responsible for. These programs have made a big impact in Michiana. In just 2021, Real says they helped 10,000 households with their water or other utilities, but there are some limitations. We can help families that are at or below 60% of the state median income. And for a household of one, that's a monthly income of $2,318. And that goes up with each additional household member. Also, look out for deadlines, as some are only seasonal assistance programs. Our program starts November 1st, and then it ends mid-May, and then we basically are dormant over the summer, and then we start again in the fall. If you do set up a payment plan with South Bend Municipal Utilities, you will not be at risk of having your water shut off. Plans can be set up online or in person at their office off Colfax. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Fentanyl is driving record overdose deaths nationwide and in our community. A major fentanyl bust in Elkhart netted 15,000 pills this week. It's a drug so powerful the amount that fits on the tip of a pencil can kill you. 
Fentanyl has been used in hospitals for years, but is now exploding on the illegal drug market. The DEA tells me any drug, whether it be a pill or other form that is bought illegally, could also potentially have fentanyl in it, and you wouldn't even know. This map from the Indiana State Police shows the dramatic increase in fentanyl cases, from 15 cases in 2013 to more than 1,800 in the state just last year. So your holidays will be harder this year? Not a day goes by that Carrie Anderson doesn't think about her son, Ethan. He had a heart of gold, um, the biggest smile and laugh that would light up a room. Great son, big brother, um, and our family's devastated. That's when it was starting to get bad. Ethan got hooked on fentanyl after she thinks it was laced with what he thought was Xanax. That's the last time I saw him. He lost his battle with his addiction at 19. You see it in the movies. Everybody says, I can never imagine, and you really can until you have to. And um, it was a sunny June day, just four months ago, and I got that phone call that he was dead. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. Just two milligrams can be lethal. We know right now this is the deadliest drug that we have ever seen. DEA Special Agent Chip Cook oversees northern Indiana. He says the drug is coming from two very powerful Mexican cartels. These are two very uh, aggressive, very violent, uh, money-making cartel organizations who are fueling this fentanyl in a variety of ways, whether fentanyl in uh, fake pills, whether fentanyl laced in heroin or methamphetamine or cocaine, pushing all of this north into the United States, uh, and it's all to make a dollar. Last year, 107,000 Americans died from a drug overdose. The DEA says 70,000 of those deaths are directly related to illicit fentanyl, and it's happening here. We are tracking to probably have 100 overdoses this year. Uh, I would say more than 90% are fentanyl in there. St. Joseph County Coroner Dr. Patricia Jordan sees the devastating effects firsthand. The f f people who are taking methamphetamine or heroin or cocaine or any of those things, they're nowhere near the potency of this fentanyl business. Uh, the worst part is it's getting places that you would never expect it to be, like marijuana. And that has deadly consequences. The big problem with fentanyl is very fast acting and it hits as a respiratory suppressant first. And so people don't breathe and they don't realize they're having trouble. And once they realize they have trouble, uh, they drop. Just this year, the DEA and other police agencies stopped this fentanyl in Colorado. They say it was headed to South Bend. 114 pounds. The DEA says enough to kill 25 million people. We are getting reports where we, we do see uh, sometimes an abundance of drugs coming into um, and through our community. While police won't comment on specific cases, South Bend Police Lieutenant Kyle Dombrowski is part of the Strategic Focus Unit, a unit that often works with the DEA. We know where they're coming from, and it's just, it's, uh, it's sad that individuals are trying to take a profit, you know, from the pain. But it's pain for this mom. She's hoping to turn into awareness so that what happened to her family doesn't happen to you. He was a great, a great son, and it can affect anybody. It doesn't discriminate, and a change has to be made. And so I just want justice for Ethan. If given right away, Narcan can reverse the effects of an overdose. But fentanyl is so powerful that doctors say it could take more than one dose. 
You can pick up free Narcan at the St. Joseph County Health Department and in the lobby of the St. Joseph County Jail, among other locations. WSBT 22's Leanne Tokars reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 